Hello, hello, Security Token Show fans. We are back. It's another week, another amazing week of news. We're your hosts. I'm Herwig Konings, of course, joined as always by my co-host and my co-founder, Kyle Sondland. How are you today? Always good to see you, my friend. What's going on? January. We are now in middle of the month in full swing. We've announced our company of the year. We're moving into 2024. Herwig, I am fired up as always. Well, I don't know if our team is just getting really good or if the industry is just getting that hot because we have so much news once again to cover. We better get started with our token debrief. And as always, we have our guest contributor, Jason Barraza from the STM team. How are you, Jason? Doing great. Really excited to dive into another week of news. As you guys mentioned, there's lots of coverage, so let's dive right in. Well, I started off last week with some exciting news from uh, the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, going on CNBC. Then we saw Jamie Dimon also go on CNBC and talk about tokenization a little bit. And now, most recently, we're seeing the CEO of Circle, second largest stablecoin issuer behind USDC, of course, uh, Jeremy Allaire going on and saying, basically actually referring to uh, both the, the conversations from Larry and Jamie, that this is indeed actually a turning point for tokenization. So this is in Davos at the World Economic Forum. So this is definitely no joke that that Jeremy is saying this. Uh, and he quote unquote said, when Larry Fink gets on television the next day and says, this is just the tipping point towards tokenization, I think it suggests confidence that tokenization is going to be coming on in a significant way and that we're going to see some of the very, very biggest asset issuers in the world issuing tokenized versions of those assets this year. Uh, he said on the panel, and he also said, I do think this is not just about the validation for Bitcoin. I think it's about the whole technology architecture and what it represents. We're all sitting here because people are interested, right? And that is here and it's not going away. And so I think it's a significant shift for all of those reasons. So I think Jeremy O'Leary put it pretty eloquently. Uh, what do you guys think? I just think it's fascinating to watch some of the most powerful people in the financial sector all giving their thoughts and commenting on the future of this technology. You know, you, you look at the differences between you know, Larry Fink and his super large vision. And of course, Jeremy Allaire, somebody that's been very well versed in this industry. And you compare that to someone like Jamie Dimon, who had some of the opposite things to say, despite the fact that his company is, is one of the most active in the industry with respect to blockchain infrastructure. It's fascinating to think about not only their perspectives on the surface, but what that could mean for what they're building and maybe some of the other incentives that are driving some of their public discourse. Um, very cool to see that it's it's in the headlines and it doesn't seem like anybody has any doubts that the technology is going to revolutionize the financial markets. Absolutely. You guys put it really well. I mean, again, it's just exciting to see some more validation in the market after we've been pushing for this for years. And so, you know, just really excited for 2024 and what that has to bring, especially with all these giants just jumping in right now. 
Yeah, it must be the talk of the town at the World Economic Forum. Everything going on with crypto and, crypto and blockchain. But into number two, guys, the, the article that I wanted to bring up today is Hong Kong's own hash key just raised a $100 million Series A at a over billion dollar valuation at $1.2 billion for a Series A is very impressive. And it's great to see that the venture funding is coming back. Valuations are sky high. Yet again, let's hope that momentum continues. But Hashkey, if you haven't heard of them, they are a very active player across Web3. So they offer everything from exploring, launching their own crypto ETFs. They're doing, they have Hashkey Capital, which presumably they do all sorts of financing activities. They have cloud infrastructure. They do tokenization of assets as well as launching NFT products and doing a lot of the technology behind tokenized issuances and the Hashkey Exchange as well, which is part of Hashkey Group, has received a license to operate a crypto trading platform in Hong Kong. So they are really covering the map in terms of all of their different infrastructure here. That's presumably why they were able to raise so much money at such a high valuation because they're really trying to own the ecosystem in Hong Kong. Major congratulations to Hashkey. I'm looking forward to seeing more developments on the tokenization front of real world assets because we all know that is the golden opportunity. That's a huge funding round. Wow. Uh, you know, love to see unicorns coming into the space and in, in crypto again, for sure. You said it, Kyle. Uh, 2024 looks like the uh, mood is shifting once again uh, from an investment and valuations perspective. And uh, boy, do we need it uh, because last year, 2023, was a devastating year for venture capital uh, for for the Web3 space specifically. So let's see, uh, like Bitcoin go up, uh, hopefully. We will see those venture capital funding rounds uh, also increase. 100% guys, and you guys, you know, laid it out very well. Um, exciting again to see unicorns in the space. So that's awesome. Moving into the next piece of news, guys, though, we do have Moody's clarifying their position on tokenization through a report they just released. Um, you know, and just before we go into those, let's just remember that a couple weeks ago, so not too long ago, they did issue a rating for a tokenized product. We did cover it on the show. It was um, the SGD Delta Fund with a AA rating. Um, and that was on the Liberia platform by Standard Chartered. But moving into the report that they released, I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts, I guess, from uh, you know their thoughts there. So first and foremost, on a positive note, they were talking about how tokenized funds, uh, potential applications extend beyond merely enhancing asset liquidity. But these funds have a variety of other possible functions, such as or including serving as collateral. We've seen this late last year with what Barclays and JP Morgan did using money market fund units. Uh, for collateral collateral mobility. Um, so, you know, on the nose here, fantastic. But on the other side, we do have another comment saying the entities involved on the to technology side often have limited track records, increasing the risk that in the case of bankruptcy or tech failure, payments may be disrupted. So a little bit on both sides. And that is part of why, um, you know, the, the SGD Delta Fund got that AA rating two weeks ago was, you know, the underlying asset usually does have that AAA credit rating or credit quality. Uh, but Moody's decision on that one was partially on the lower than, um, oh, sorry, the, the, the reason we just talked about, which was just, again, some of that tech failure uh, possibility. But any th thoughts on this report so far, guys? 
I mean, I, I, I think it's Moody's being very, you know, prudent about the situation. They're recognizing that, you know, this is a new technology and with any new technology, there come, you know, usually unknown risks. Uh, and of course, uh, we have to, we, we don't exactly know to what degree Moody's is familiar with this, but we have to assume they've got a pretty strong team that understands the technology, hence their, you know, ability to recognize the efficiencies and benefits. So it's nothing new uh, to, to see when it comes to ratings, specifically as we've seen in the past, lack of track record and other things for issuers. should go the same for if you're using a, a platform like tokenization in the future. You know, I would absolutely think that when you're using a certain blockchain versus one that is rather very unknown or very untested uh, or just a, a very lack of liquidity in those markets, I would want Moody's and other rating agencies to take that into account uh, for their rating. I, I would think that actually becomes kind of important. So uh, I think this is great, again, just to see yet another institutional piece of, of infrastructure for capital markets come together like Moody's and, and put this this kind of information out there. Yeah, I think that this is the first step, right? It's it's interesting to see Moody's coming out with this whole research report on tokenization, presumably because they've now had to look at and potentially rate multiple different tokenized offerings. And so this is just a natural development in this ecosystem. They have to start laying out boundaries and guidelines. I think that they make great points too with respect to, yeah, a lot of these issuers are upstart. A lot of these, they don't have track record with respect to bringing, you know, debt products to market successfully and have a long history of these, these bonds reaching maturation without default. So I think it's fair to question the underlying issuer with respect to their viability and would compare that maybe not quite as favorably as a traditional issuer, but that has nothing to do with the technology. So cool to see that not only are they looking at it from sure the technology has some development and growth potential, but also some of these issuers need to continue to build a track record. I think that a lot of these things will be mitigated and solved with some additional history, with some successful issuances that move forward. We'll, uh, We'll certainly provide, I think, a little bit more assurance that that these things uh, will be avoided in the future. And moving on, we saw an announcement from the recently formed last year Tokenized Asset Coalition, the TAC, announcing 15 new members that they've inducted from the RWA and tokenization space, naturally. Uh, and they have a, a new Outlook report that they went ahead and released with that. So a very cool collection of a lot of the members uh, expectations for the year uh, and some trends in the market. And some of those members, the new members include Republic, Securitize, Maple, Ava Labs behind Avalanche, Chainlink, Polygon, Solana, among others, as well as from the existing members such as Circle, Coinbase, and RWA, uh, RWXYZ, who founded the, uh, the consortium a little while back last year. Uh, so, you know, always great to see advocacy come out to the space. A uh, really great report. You can go check that out. Totally. This is great. Guys? Another coalition. Great to see players working together, I think, for sure. And into the next one, guys, we have new Thailand rules. So we have another 
country coming out, let, laying out the foundation with this time the Thailand's SEC, which is publishing their rules for digital asset businesses, which actually did lift restrictions that the country had on allowing retail to access tokenized real estate and infrastructure assets. So this is kind of the we start to see the pendulum swinging back at, you know, when you have a bear market. Every you know jurisdiction tends to lock down and, and try to protect their investors. Now, as we're starting to open up back again, it becomes clear that there maybe are different levels to this, and real assets do present a unique opportunity. That being said, they do note ICOs as the terminology that they use, but I do think that they're referring to real estate-backed tokens, as it says in the report, and doesn't have the restrictions around how much can be invested and so this is great to see. I think that in Thailand, they have to seek approval for adding these business lines to prevent any type of fraud or conflict of interest or, or any type of risk to customer assets. So there is some sort of guidelines that they have to go through and protections that, that investors will be provided. But it is good to see that they are now opening up this opportunity for Thai investors. I love that. You know, yep. that's that's once again another sign uh, that the APAC region, you know, is, is absolutely uh, embracing this technology and the regulators are embracing it uh, and just uh, that that's going to put them so far ahead. Uh, and we're going to see that, I think, this year, uh, all that that the development that's actually been happening. Uh, so with new rules like this, it's exciting. Now, we did see something similar in 2015 in the United States, Reg CF got passed uh, and there were rules that were created for, for similar access like this. And it didn't exactly uh, explode as everybody thought it did. So uh, I wonder if the tokenization element here is the key to, to help uh, in the Thai marketplace to help this succeed. Absolutely. I mean, again, everyone's always asking for more regulatory clarity. So great to see that this happening in other parts of the world as well. Uh, moving on to the next piece of news that we have here uh, for our token debrief, we have Block Invest. Uh, you've seen them on Tokenize This. You've seen them across uh, some of our different reports. Block Invest is tokenizing non-performing loans out of Italy. Um, they're partnering with two different, these are two separate projects, but they're partnering with two different uh, service providers, if you will. The first one being a consulting firm, 130 servicing um, for the proof of concept to issue native digital asset-based securities. So um, again, these will only originate and be available on-chain. It's not like they're taking an existing asset and then putting it on-chain, yeah. Um, so in terms of the asset class, and so they're doing that to directly uh, provide some of this exposure to this uh, realm, if you will. And then the next one that they're working with is credit uh, credit management company called Morgan and Davis. They're based out of Milan, and this is to tokenize distressed uh, real estate credits acquired by that company. Um, and essentially, you'll be able to tokenize and transact financing agreements and other related instruments. Wanted to note that in the uh, Italian market, um, you know, it's worth tens of billions of euros, peaking at 360 billion euros uh, back in 2015. Uh, for the NPL environment. So really cool to see this, that they're tapping into it. Um, and so, yeah, any other uh, thoughts on this, guys? Block Invest, once again, uh, proving themselves as a leader in the tokenization field, specifically out of Italy. Uh, that I don't think there's too many other companies actively doing what they're doing, working with uh, both major banks and now some of these more unique use cases, which, uh, you know, I don't 
can't point to too many non-performing loan use cases that have been tackled yet. So really cool to see this. Very exciting news from Block Invest. And with that, uh, I think it's time for the moment we've been waiting for. We announced our company of the year a little while back at the start of the, the year, but we haven't had a chance to interview them yet. So finally, we have that moment. Let's go ahead and talk to our company of the year, Republic. Well, Herwig, 2023 was an incredible year, and we had uh, nearly 100 Company of the Week nominations. But as is tradition, only one gets to win our Company of the Year award. That is the company making the biggest moves across the 12 months of the industry throughout the cycle of the year. And for us, I think it's without a doubt the winner was Republic, as we announced. And we're really fortunate here to actually have an executive from Republic, Jeff Beer, here to join us for an interview. Let's jump in. Let's bring Jeff on board. Hey, there he is. How are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having uh, having me. Honored and thrilled. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate you being here. And and Republic is such a stalwart in the crowdfunding arena, being a leader in that industry for, for so long. It's really exciting to see a platform like that really getting involved in tokenization in such a major way. Could you just kind of set the scene on on your, your experiences and how you got involved and, and what's exciting for you and the company about tokenization as, as a technology? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and good to remember just just a bit of history, you know, Republic born out of the you know 2016 Jobs Act um, for regulated crowdfunding and and um, allowing for non-accredited investors to really access early investment opportunities and wealth opportunities. 2017 Republic Crypto um, it was born inside of Republic to really focus on uh, tokenization as a crowdfunding technology. And here we are now all the way out in 2024, and we've been working on it all those years. I came on two years ago to kind of assist in that journey um, and really was impassioned by the story and the mission and everyone's dedication to achieving it. Um, you know, and, and tokenization, I think, for us is really a way for, uh, for Republic to distribute securities and distribute, distribute these opportunities to investors in a way that's never been done before. Uh, and develop marketplaces uh, for these private companies and private markets that's never existed before. So absolutely stoked um, and uh, thrilled to be recognized as company of the year of all these efforts we've put forth over the last 12 months. I'm excited about it, uh, Jeff, because I've seen Republic uh, grow from its infancy, if you will, uh, back from my crowdfunding days. Uh, it's very interesting because Republic was was well considered one of the leaders back then has now developed into this huge ecosystem, not just this sort of one off platform. Uh, and I think it's worth noting that there are not too many other of your competitors in the crowdfunding uh, arena that are focused on tokenization, let alone uh, crypto and the technology so early uh, as Republic did. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, who are watching, you know, Republic ha has since actually acquired many other companies to make themselves uh, actually have a global footprint, uh, as well as raise uh, incredible amounts of money for hundreds uh, of companies to facilitate it, I should say, uh, through what I believe is millions, right? Millions of customers that have gone through 
the platform uh, in all asset classes. It's not limited to just startups and, and breakthrough technologies. They've got real estate, they've got crypto, and they've got all kinds of other stuff that they've done. Here's a, an example uh, of a lot of the different uh, companies uh, that are actually have gone through the Republic Rails, uh, which, as we're going to talk about later, uh, are a part of the Republic Note. Uh, but yeah, I just had to say, Jeff, it's really cool to see all of these years of work uh, come together. I think they they showcased themselves tremendously in 2023 uh, with both uh, all the activity that happened around the Republic Note, as well as the wallet technology that you guys launched. So, you know, maybe maybe we can start where, where you want to start there if around maybe the wallet technology or the Republic Note. You know, pick one and, and let's dive into what exactly that all that is and what it means to Republic in the ecosystem. Yeah, uh, thanks, Rowing. And, you know, I think, you know, just a little table setting on my end, too. We think that, you know, private markets are the it's the biggest market that doesn't exist. Right. And, and it hasn't existed yet. And um, we're really kind of laying a technological foundation for how this is actually going to meet the market. And you hit a bunch of those points. Um, and we were very thoughtful um, and calculated as to how we were going to bring those to market and how we were going to onboard people, um, not only into crowdfunding, but into this technology and, um, and one and the same. So over the last year, um, you know, we've been seen testifying in front of Congress for things like uh, digital asset market structures. Um, we've been uh, tokenizing various offerings on the platform. And two of the biggest things that we did on the tail end of this year was, one is to launch the Republic Wallet. The Republic Wallet is a multi-signature, um, multi-chain wallet that is self-custody. Um, so that's an important pillar that we always like to call out. It's a self-custody wallet. Um, that is uh, integral and important for actually onboarding people to crypto. Um, and to onboarding people to the custody of real-world assets and real-world asset securities. Um, rather than doing that in a banked way, we think that there's going to be a healthy mixture of those, but it's important for us to actually onboard people as, as private key managers of the assets that they own in true ownership. So we're really proud of that. Um, and then um, with the launch of the wallet, we soon thereafter followed with the launch of the Republic Note, um, which you know many people are familiar with to date. Um, we've talked about it on the show before, but Republic Note is an index of all of the raises that have been done on the Republic platform since 2016, as well as strategic investments that have been happening uh, with the Republic venture teams. Um, and that index is all bundled up in a basket asset called the Note. Um, and uh, we allowed for people to create a wallet, invest in the Note, and actually take custody of, of it in the wallet. Um, you know, and since the wallet's been launched, we've got over 11,000 self-custody wallet users, which is, uh, you know, we think astonishing. Um, and then the note brought on about uh, a little over 4,000 of those self-custody users. Wow. <laughs> you know, the, the Republic note is, you know, uh, first of all, the wallet, I think, is such a great technology. Uh, it's so easy to sort of put up. Uh, a, a platform. I, I won't say it's easy, but it's easy to kind of get people together and not realize that, hey, you know, you need to really take everybody from zero to one. 
a lot of these platforms out there, they just sort of expect you to have a MetaMask or have some kind of a, a, a walled solution in place that needs to be compatible. Uh, as opposed to with Republic, you know, the if anyone has ever gone on the platform, I, I have to disclose I've even invested through it myself. Uh, it's a fantastic user experience. It's something uh, the team does really well over there. So I'm glad to see you, you took the initiative to actually create that uh, self-custody wallet solution. Uh, one of the major, major features of tokenization is the idea of you get to hold your security again. Uh, you know, this was you, you live on an Excel sheet today. Uh, back in the day, you at least kind of had proof. But then someone could rob you and then they were suddenly the owner. Now you got the best of both worlds. You get the proof, but nobody can take it from you because it's tied to your identity uh, and, and Republic specifically into the ecosystem to make it super easy to go ahead and, and buy uh, what will be you know, investments. But soon, uh, I, I guess, tokens in the individual companies. But before just having people invest in them as well, you also have created this Republic note so that people can get a diversified exposure to everything. Um, you know, is there anything you can share in terms of like, what was the, you know, the inception of this? How long have you been working on this? I know you've gone actually through several offerings, you know, just, just give us a little bit more peek inside the, the thinking for the Republic note. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a very long journey, uh, the development of the Republic note and also the development of the Republic wallet. Um, I actually came on over two years ago and the Republic note, um, you know, was effectively developed on paper. Uh, you know, this, the structure of that instrument and that investment opportunity has existed for, I think between four and five years. And we've been working on the wallet for, um, at least uh, 24 months, at least two years. So it's been a long journey. Um, we also think that it's very, very important that we get more people holding their own uh, assets in a wallet that they control because one of the biggest barriers to the development of secondary markets is things like KYC passport. So if you go to an ATS today um, and you know we made a strategic investment into INX with a motion to fully acquire um, so we can complete this journey for users. But if, if you go to an ATS today, uh, you have to complete a KYC process. Um, some cases you can use your own self-custody wallet. In other cases, you need to use a wallet provided by the platform. And then if you go to another ATS or another secondary market to access other assets that are on a different market, you have to do that process all over again. And those accounts do not speak to each other uh, for regulatory reasons, for KYC um, reasons. So the ability to take your wallet and bring it and plug it into different environments will allow for you to be kind of the nexus of developing those markets. So uh, it's a really important piece of the development of secondary markets for private securities um, that we just think needed to be there. So we started on that journey, uh, you know, four or five years ago, two years ago, developing the wallet. We knew it had to be multi-chain. We knew it had to be multi-signature for KYB for businesses to also take part in these offerings. Um, and then importantly, for it to be self-custody so we can develop really, really robust secondary markets um, uh, you know, with the user at the center of that equation. I think you bring up a great point. And, and so many people in the tokenized ecosystem, especially with respect to real world assets and tokenization, 
no one stops talking about liquidity, right? And this idea of, of actual liquidity. So, so from a platform like Republic that, that has demonstrated significant primary offering interest across all of your different deals, has helped so many projects raise millions and millions of dollars. How do you see liquidity you know, being captured? Do you, do you, like some people might say the demand isn't there for these types of securities, but that might be incorrect because as you guys see with Republic, there's certainly a lot of demand to invest in these types of things. Or on the other side, some people may say that technically that's the biggest the biggest hurdle or, or as you mentioned, maybe compliance is the biggest hurdle. So where are you seeing that happening and what do you think that, that looks like in, you know, w- with respect to liquidity on secondary markets? Yeah, Kyle, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, um, hitting the, you know, the tip of the iceberg on this one. It's a really, really deep issue. But, you know, from a, um, let's call it a 10,000 foot view, you know, Republic has a tremendous amount of interest in these markets, right? Like we are conducting offerings every single day of private securities and, and, you know, privately held businesses. So we know that the demand is there. The development of liquidity is really a challenge of distribution. It's like we've got issuers who want to who want to issue them. We have a growing community of investors who want to buy them. And then the third part of the equation is making a market for these things. You really need to have um, the dynamics of tokenization inside of that mix for the development of these secondary markets. And I'll explain why. Um, when we talk about liquidity. It's often this kind of foregone conclusion. I think that people, you know, say, you know, step one, tokenization. Step two, they don't know what's happening. Step three, liquidity. In the middle there is we have a lot of these offerings that are privately um, conducted, right? So there's offerings that are happening on the Republic platform. Those are totally public. Um, You can get a very small check size into an exciting new business. But there's also a lot of private securities that are withheld to very large check sizes, right? So that market, we're not even looking at it on Republic, right? We're aware of it, but it's not what the investors are getting access to because of just the stipulations to those initial private check sizes into these private offerings. Tokenization allows for those offerings to be syndicated, fractionalized down to very small units and brought to secondary markets. That's exciting for the original investors because they can um, remove a little bit of liability from their balance sheet, perhaps do a little profit taking on um, a privately held business where they don't have that outlet. And it's really exciting for um, investors who, you know, are pointing at this really exciting private business that's grown over, you know, 10, 20 years that they've always wanted to invest in, but have never had the opportunity. Mm The, the technology of tokenization, the unit of accounting, the ability to fractionalize everything down will usher in all of the excitement that we've seen from retail investment into a secondaries environment where there's the ability to, to trade, but also just simply purchase for the first time um, these privately held businesses. And it's, you know, that's a piece that where we know the technology is going to be integral. Well, we really appreciate you being here and the, Final question that I have for you is, is I think projecting forward. So Republic really, you, you guys have built a lot of the technology and you're trying to streamline this ecosystem from front to back. And now you've proven the concept with respect of the, the note itself. 
Do you see this being the future of crowdfunds through the Republic platform? Is exploring tokenization and, and leveraging that in terms of crowdfunding and then potentially having this, this future option for liquidity? Or is this still going to be kind of a siloed opportunity um, for, for two separate types of issuers that maybe have different needs or interests? Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, initially we're going to be focusing on um, two two real archetypes of issuers. One are the issuers who are coming to us, which is right now, this is every day, an issuer who's coming to us and saying, we want to do a tokenized offering and really working with them to understand why they want to do that from a primary offering perspective and working with them to do that. Um, the second archetype is um, actually us working to target these really uh, important cultural um, privately held companies where their audiences are enormous. And they have been vocal in uh, places like social media about wanting to deliver equity to their patrons, to their customers, and just not having an outlet for them. Um, we're working directly with those companies um, and those will be very, very important uh, businesses and issuers for the development of these markets because those users or those you know, future investors in those private businesses are going to create wallets. So they're going to firstly create a wallet. Um, they're going to have an environment to take receipt of that, that tokenized offering. But also the amount of people who are going to follow an issuer like that into this space is, is much larger than standard offering where um, really it's just, uh, you know, exciting young startup that's looking to extend their runway and, and like, uh, you know, looking to grow their business. So it's really kind of a two pronged approach um, for what we're looking at as far as the growth of uh, tokenized offerings over the year, you know, that like targeting those, those, uh, those um, really, really high caliber, exciting brands who are vocally saying, we want to do this. We just don't know how. And then working with the issuers who are coming to us and saying, you know, it's an impetus for us to do this and them driving the effort forward themselves. Right. Awesome. Wow. I, you know, I got goosebumps. I'm so excited for what's coming this year. Uh, but last year, folks, the largest crowdfunding company in the world, ecosystem in the world, focused on tokenization, who's been working for years on this technology on a unique structure, the note, so that you can get exposure to the hundreds of companies that are raising money through their platform. Last year, they launched wallet technology so that they can get their customers to self-custody, the tokenized uh, note that they're bringing to market. They then went ahead and actually brought that to market, started distributing it, listed it on INX. It is now trading. If anyone has not picked that up, you can go check out the price at stm.co. Uh, but uh, on top of that, you're actually even have invested in and even possibly acquiring the very uh, ATS marketplace that you listed on. So for all of those reasons, it, it, it didn't really come anyone else too close in the competition. Republic has trailblazed last year. That's why you won our company of the year. That's why Republic was the, the year 2023, if you will. But it's now 2024, Jeff. So any mic drops, any hints, anything we should be looking forward to this year that we don't know about for Republic that you can tell us that you can leave us with? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't name names, but I would say uh, go to Republic.com, create an account, create a wallet. We have really, really exciting assets 
and really exciting businesses that are coming to raise on the Republic platform in a tokenized way. Um, as I mentioned, you know, those businesses who have reached out uh, on social media or media generally and had kind of voiced this desire, we're going to be working with those businesses. Um, uh, a lot of those will be in kind of the sports and entertainment arena. So uh, we're really excited to kind of grow that user base on Republic who is using the wallet to take, you know, take receipt of these cultural events. So um, yeah, can't, can't name names yet, but like, please be on the lookout. We are lining them up right now. It's going to be a really exciting year. Jeff, congratulations. Once again, give our best to the rest of the team and always a pleasure to have you on the show. We look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you so much, uh, Kyle Herwig. Uh, just absolutely thrilled and uh, hoping we can repeat next year. Make it happen. See you soon. Cheers. Let's move on with the show to our market movements. All right. Time for those market movements. What a great company of the year, though, Kyle. Love Republic. But uh, this time we're going to go back to Davos once again, where Swiss-based, uh, publicly traded, by the way, WiseKey International made a big announcement for their tokenization platform regarding art called Wise.art. Uh, that's W-I-S-E dot art. Uh, and they're using the Hedera hash graph. So the, the uh, you know, foundation association behind that was, was there present to support this. Uh, and of course, they will be tokenizing some art, which is great to see. I can't wait to see what kind of offerings they bring to market. But I love it when they eat their own cooking because they also announced that they will actually also be tokenizing equity in wise.art. Uh, so very, very cool news. This is, again, a huge Swiss company. They're actually, I think, publicly traded both there and on the NASDAQ. I got to double check that again. But uh, using Hedera, uh, I think this is yet another big player in the space that's going to be putting out offerings, guys. Really cool to see. I think art is one of those asset classes or just assets in general that's just making their way into tokenization a lot, um, especially last year, I think. So it's um, cool to see another one. We did see some here in the U.S. Uh, we saw some internationally as well. And so now to see that uh, we have Wise.art out of this area, well, that's awesome. So great to see you guys. Exciting. Another big win for Hedera who yeah. has, we've continued to see, yeah. continues to get wins with, with many different players, Archax, Red Swan, and, and others as well. Great to see them continuing to drive adoption of the tokenized securities space just as much as crypto. Guys, I have another article here. The Hashrate Asset Group has announced their distribution of the first tranche of their HAG token. This issuer is listed on INX, and they have announced that hash rate asset token, that HAG token, those, those investors are getting additional tokens via their distribution. And so they actually were doing a Reg D and S through a private fundraise. And that first tranche that they raised, they're actually giving a bonus token set to those early investors, I guess, to incentivize them and reward them for being early supporters of the project. The hash rate asset group, I believe, is, is a miner. The, the asset itself is correlated to Bitcoin mining and perhaps price, and it offers revenue sharing paid out in wrapped Bitcoin. 
um, which just means that it's Bitcoin that has been locked up on a different blockchain. I believe it might be on Ethereum in this case. So you're basically just getting a, a mirrored Bitcoin on the ETH network. So you could store it in your MetaMask or trade it on Uniswap or anything like that. And so the management team has all kinds of experience in Bitcoin mining, as well as they've worked for institutions like Goldman Sachs and SoftBank. And, uh, and so they're doing that mining operation and then paying out shareholders through a revenue share token known as that HAG token. So major shout out to the team for not only fundraising, but for doing a distribution to their shareholders, adding shareholder benefits and value to their token. Great to see from Hashrate Asset Group. I think that's actually pretty big news. That's one of those examples of a full life cycle coming together here, uh, which is awesome from fundraising to now getting a return to investors. All of this on chain uh, with a, a, a marketplace like INX behind it, a broker like INX. I think that's awesome. Uh, and I always love to see it when sort of crypto and tokenization merge done the right way. This is exactly one of those examples of that. Uh, so very cool stuff. Absolutely. Oh, I think I covered them on What's Trippin' uh, back when they first started their uh, their raise here, the Reg D Reg S. I refer to them essentially as the U.S. version of the BMN1 token, just because it's so closely, I guess, related in terms of the narrative of gaining exposure to Bitcoin mining and what they're doing there. So great to see, like you said, Herbie, that they came full circle here and the investors are getting a little bit of a, of a surplus here in terms of you know, some benefits for you know, supporting their venture early on. Uh, but so congratulations to uh, Hashgrade Asset Group and your investors. Moving on to the next piece of news, we have Redwood Trust. They just closed a $433 million securitization with Liquid Mortgage. Um, this is the first uh, SCMT securitization of this year, but they're 14th using Liquid Mortgage technology for investors to basically have transparency and efficient access to data across um, well, basically the securitizations. Um, speaking with Liquid Mortgage a few months back, uh, we learned that they track uh, not just the ownership on the 14 securitizations onboarded, but they also track the amount borrowed, payment history, um, documents, um, ownership in the sense of you know access to wallets and portfolios of digital assets, loan level data. I mean, you name it, they're uh, really tracking like all that there is to know about these securitizations. So really cool for the investors to have that transparent access to it. Um, important to note on the Redwood Trust side, this is on their Horizons Investments platform uh, specifically, which focuses on real estate technology. Some of their notable portfolio companies I'm sure you guys have heard of as uh, Liquid Mortgage as seen here, but also Oasis Pro and Vesta Equity, all related to tokenized assets. Yeah, Redwood Trust, a huge issuer. They've invested in the industry. It's it's nice to see that they're launching very institutional-based products, and hopefully they can bring in their, their investor base as well to get more comfortable in this space. That's what I'm talking about, guys. This is what I'm talking about. This is the type of stuff that nobody pays attention to, to unless you're in the industry, unless you're you know actually in the space and you're looking out for this. This goes over everybody's head. Uh, but this is capital markets transforming. This is massive securitizations now to the tune of billions through liquid mortgage that are happening uh, because this is just a better, more efficient technology. Uh, and so this is going to keep on happening. I love to see this, uh, even if, if nobody else is really paying attention to this. I think this is really, really awesome uh, to see. And, and, and don't sleep on, on liquid mortgage here. That's, that's pretty amazing stuff. 
Uh, moving on, we also saw another uh, announcement from my recent company of the week pick, Texture Capital, uh, a broker dealer here in the United States for for tokenized products, signing with Ticker Markets. Uh, so Ticker Markets is going to be using their PE and VC secondary uh, marketplace on, uh, or I guess using Texture Capital's uh, technology as well as licensing, right? So they say that Texture Capital is uh, going to be executing as the broker dealer and the ATS behind this new marketplace. Specifically, what this means is you're likely going to see LP units or fund units in different private equity and venture capital funds likely meaning that there are existing investors that are trying to get out or partially get out of their investment into that fund. And ticker markets will then go ahead and power that marketplace so that they can go ahead and do that. Um, They also provide benefits to general partners, GPs, uh, and they can onboard their funds even before they have someone seeking liquidity. So they're going to be bringing in what I think is going to be a lot of hopefully institutional deal flow into the space, uh, saying that Ticker provides a full stack service. Uh, So I'm not so sure exactly what that entails, but it sounds like whether you're looking to tokenize as a GP or if you're an LP in the fund and you're looking to get out, uh, looks like Ticker Markets is looking looking to take care of you using Texture Capital's uh, technology and licensing. So really cool stuff. Yeah, they've done a good job in in locking in deal flow and bringing in new clients. Texture has been in the game for a long time, continuing to just grind and grind and grind away. And that's what it takes in order to build that reputation and in order to build LP trust and another another great, great win for Texture. Yep, absolutely. And Richard Johnson, again, we talked to him recently, so I know that there's more in the type, in the pipeline that we're excited to cover in future Security Token Show episodes. So stay tuned for those. Uh, with full stack service, by the way, I guess that what they mean is, you know, helping you figure out the legal part of what your issuance is going to be here, um, probably finding some of those buyers and sellers. Um, and then I guess just start to finish. So full stack service always just has a good ring to it. Excited to see what that brings for Uh, some of these issuers. And I Um, have another launch here, guys. This is for McNeil Investment Group. This is a large nationally recognized hospitality company and a real estate platform. And they have $600 million of assets under management through their real estate properties, through the assets that they have within the company, nearly 3,000 hotel rooms. And they've actually gone live on T0. So they are working with T0 in a primary offering. I think the minimum investment is $100,000 for the Reg D506C, but major congratulations to T0 for landing a huge commercial real estate client and shout out to McNeil for exploring a private fundraise through T0 through a Reg D506C. And it'll be cool to see this this asset be listed one day in the future. Not a ton of additional details there to share yet as they just officially went live. But go to T0 to check out McNeil Investment Group and their commercial real estate investment opportunity. Big league, big league. Uh, That's no small asset management firm. 3,000 hotel rooms. That's uh, very interesting that they are also going live on T0. I wonder if there are any conversations going on with the reserve platform that we mentioned uh, in the past uh, that just recently launched in partnership with T0, enabling access uh, to hotels at a discount and benefits. Maybe there's some some partnership there. Uh, Very, very cool announcement, Kyle. 
I'm a big fan of T0 being active once again, even if it's now on the primary side, like we've seen with many, uh, many of the broker dealers on the secondary market starting to say, hey, we're going to we're going to start also helping people raise money in the primary first. Totally. Absolutely. And final piece of news for this segment of the show, we have uh, names. They are tokenizing reinsurance uh, through their own marketplace. Uh, and this is launching on base. This is Coinbase's uh, blockchain. So uh, cool to see that. And it's essentially a marketplace for alternative risk transfer and capitalization. So um, investors are basically going to get access to yield generating reinsurance that were their first product on base being the industry loss warranty or the ILW contract uh, reinsuring against certain weather related catastrophic events in Florida, which uh, based out of Miami, I mean, we're all too familiar with uh, those hurricanes, especially Irma back in 2017. So uh, cool to see a product related to that, you know, hits home with us. Um, and so other names, opportunities or investments, just so people have a general idea of you know, what you could expect on this platform would be, uh, you know, reinsurance, as we just talked about for property and casualty, PNC. Um, you have cyber, errors and omissions, uh, directors and officers coverage. So all these different alternative investment options are now going to be starting to get tokenized again with the first one being this yield generating reinsurance one on base. Um, so really interesting, again, to see people gain that type of exposure ability that typically you just wouldn't get. Usually you get that exposure um, is reserved for pension funds or private equity funds, other major institutions, not really for the individual investor. So cool to see that they're tapping into tokenization again to provide some of that access. Wow. That is a yet another uh, use case that most people probably have never heard of. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, I haven't done this. It's <laughs> now coming to market. This is just once again proving the democratization of capital markets, of all asset classes, becoming accessible, becoming smart uh, and, and more efficient. Uh, and looks like names is going to lead the way on the insurance side, which I know is another massive industry. Uh, so great to see this use case come to market and especially uh, looks like one of the first beneficiaries will be Florida uh, to some regard. So hopefully uh, that, that ends up uh, being very successful. And tokenizing on the base blockchain, more momentum coming to base. We've seen Hedera and base be two of the biggest winners so far here at the end of 23 and into early 24. So um, another win for them. Absolutely. And next we have an interview with Denari. They're coming out with some new investment opportunities that are, I would say, rather exciting. So without further ado, guys, why don't we jump into that interview? Let's do it. All righty. Well, as mentioned, guys, we have a new investment opportunities coming from Denari, which we covered a few episodes back, and they're back with even more uh, tokenized opportunities. We have Jake Timothy from Denari joining us today. Jake, how are you this morning? Great. Uh, great to be back, Jason. And yes, good morning. Morning, morning. All righty. Well, in light of the Spot Bitcoin ETF approvals, I saw that you guys have some new uh, opportunities around that, plus a couple more outside. So why don't you tell us about, you know, the new D shares that are available now in January? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get to the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really big news. And uh, yeah, but along with those, we're releasing D shares 
for Riot Games, um, Square, which is a fintech uh, some of you might be familiar with, and uh, Annaly Capital, which is another type of real estate investment opportunity for, for people as well. Now, for the Bitcoin ETFs, we decided not to be too partial, and we went ahead and we're releasing all of them. So all the tradable Bitcoin ETFs that you might have access to in your, your brokerage account, we're tokenizing all of them. And, and why would someone want a tokenized version versus the brokerage account version? Or who is this geared towards? That's a great question. So as with our D-shares overall, these are creating opportunities for both the crypto native community and on-chain assets, as well as people from regions around the world that may not have standard brokerages to have access to these U.S. shares and, and opportunities. Gotcha. So basically, like anyone that's not in the U.S., outside regions, they're going to be able to also to partake in some of this monumental news, which we've seen has, of course, taken an impact on the Bitcoin itself underlying asset uh, price. Do you have any um, insights or any thoughts around the approval itself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was one of you know several ongoing uh, wrestling and working through regulation, both at the SEC level and people that are bringing these cases, um, and really a lot of respect to all of the companies out there that are working these through through the the justice system and with the regulators. Um, so yeah, the the announcement of the approval of Bitcoin ETFs it really closes the gap. I would say it's a big step forward in bringing the traditional finance ecosystem and decentralized finance together. And this is creating crypto investment opportunities for traditional finance. And we're really doing exactly the, the other way around, which we're taking traditional investment opportunities and making them into crypto opportunities. So we see this as, as really a vote of confidence in this new technology. Very cool. And from the press release, you know, I know that you guys have done this multiple times. We know we covered it in the past, too. So what are some of the other D shares they guys have offered? And ultimately, where are you guys heading in 2024? Yeah, so overall, we we want to provide exposure to a broad range of investment categories. We're right now focused on U.S. equities. So all of these ETFs and stocks in finance companies and now we're with Riot, we have gaming we want to bring real estate uh, and more. So where we're headed, like we mentioned, creating these opportunities for people around the world, we're working with partners in different areas to sort of make the Robin Hood, you could say, in that region. And we're the easiest and quickest solution for that. So in the next month, we'll be releasing really like a plug and play very easy to use service for anyone who's building that kind of investment application. Got it. And, and you know, obviously keep us in mind and, you know, we'll see if we can cover it on the show and it's for everyone to understand and know, you know, what's going on in the market here. Um, yeah. As you know, tokenization is impacting people worldwide, not just in the U.S. Um, so we want to be able to create some of those rails for everyone to be able to participate um, both safely and also compliantly. Um, speaking yes. of compliance, maybe uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit more about Denari itself? Like I know you guys are a transferring agent, I believe. Yeah. Just a little bit more on the compliance of how you guys are making all of this possible. Sure. Uh, that's a great question. Um, and like I mentioned with regional partners, that's a really important piece of the puzzle so that anyone who's interacting with these assets can feel uh, 
can really trust them and and know that they're secure. So in terms of Denari, yeah, like you mentioned, we are a, we're a registered transfer agent with the SEC that allows us to custody shares on behalf of others. And the the DShares offering itself is operating under uh, an exemption from registration with the SEC because it's restricted. That means international only. We don't allow people in the U.S. to to buy or sell directly from us, and that uh, that makes us compliant. So we have to put some restrictions like that in addition to anti-money laundering and other processes in place in order to make this. Of course, makes sense. So it sounds like they're using RegS then uh, yeah. to, to do that here in the States. So you're offering it to For those who know what RegS is, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then just uh, for the audience to know, you know, so these T-shirts are essentially representing underlying equities, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, are they, how do we know they're backed by those equities or how, I'm assuming they're one-to-one -one backed. So also a little yes. bit more about that side of things. One-to-one -one backed 100%. And, and we charge a, a fee that we disclose that you'll see if you operate with us because exactly, we do not want to make money on our treasury by loaning those out or playing games with derivatives. So we hold a vault that has all of those shares one-to-one -one backed with our total supply on chain. That vault is audited regularly by independent financial firms. We do that quarterly, uh, so that should be coming out very soon. Uh, in addition to real-time publishing of self-publishing, right? So you can go to our transparency page and see live what those what those holdings are. Very cool. Awesome. So that's good to know for anyone that's watching and just is a little bit more curious. Um, if anyone wants to work with you guys or just invest in uh, Denari uh, D shares, you know, where can they go? How do they get in contact with you guys? Yeah, so go straight to Denari.com. That's the easiest place. You can go to the bottom and see our socials. We have a Discord. We have Telegram. Uh, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions at all or if you're looking to partner with us to make something happen. All righty. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us, Jake. I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. And we are going to be moving on to the next segment of the show. Wow, Kyle, another huge episode. Episode 220 now in the books, Herwig. And without fail for 220 episodes, we've picked a company each on the ones that we wanted to spotlight for, for making great moves. And today we will do the same. So Herwig, lead us off. Who's your company of the week? Episode 220 and potentially their first nomination for our illustrious company of the year award coming in only a, a quick 50 weeks from now. It is. It's a it's a newcomer. They'll probably have to uh, be in the news again if they want to make company of the year. But this week, they definitely stood out to me. I wanted to give them the spotlight. The McNeil Investment Group. Uh, they're my company of the week. Uh, you know, of course, as you mentioned, Kyle, earlier on the show, six hundred million in assets under management. Over three thousand hotel rooms. They're doing a primary issuance now live on T0. Uh, I think that's awesome to see. I, you know, this is this is the type of innovation we need to see happen in the market. We need to see leaders. It's that first person that's willing to dance uh, before other people are willing to dance with them. That's McNeil right now saying, hey, we're super legit uh, and we're going to leverage tokenization. And so for those reasons, Kyle, they're my company of the week, McNeil Investment Group. 
that makes total sense and it'll be exciting to see how they're able to fundraise for this you know fundraising as anybody listening that's tried it before knows is not an easy task but working with brokers is a, is a great way to try to access a large group of individuals and and McNeil unlike some of the risk capital style of investments that we've seen in the past for security tokens this one is very much not that doing commercial real estate so Best of luck to McNeil. Congratulations for the launch and major kudos for working with T0 and, and trying something that's a little bit out of the box to make an impact. Kyle, who do you have this week for your company of the week? Well, Herwig, this is a company that we've talked about on the show before because they led or at least participated in a in a big way in Oasis Pro Markets fundraise from a year or two ago. But I was totally caught off guard that Redwood Trust has done 14 different blockchain powered securitizations to date, leading us with this $433 million securitization that they just did this week. I had no idea that they were this active in the industry and maybe that's my fault, but perhaps if I didn't know, then, then probably a lot of the industry didn't fully realize this either. That is crazy. 14 different offerings, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars being brought on chain. Major shout out to Redwood Trust for absolutely crushing it, putting their money where their mouth is, bringing real assets on chain and supporting the industry through their venture fund. I think that all these reasons just absolutely make Redwood Trust a great winner of Company of the Week. People are sleeping on the mortgage industry, on the HELOC industry. We're seeing massive securitizations. Redwood Trust has clearly proven themselves as understanding and, and ready to go and really a, a uh, ambassador for tokenization in the space. Uh, that's actually two real estate related companies that we've chosen as companies of the week, Kyle, a good sign for things to come this year in 2024. Absolutely, Herwig. And that's our show. So if you like it, you want to support us, leave leave your likes of support. Give us a retweet. Give us a shout out. Leave a comment if you want us to cover something or you have any questions or, or anything like that or reach out to any of us individually or through the company on Twitter, LinkedIn, X, wherever you prefer to watch the show. And uh, Herwig, what are your closing thoughts? Well, we actually launched a new platform recently. So if you can't wait till next Monday for the news, and if you'd like this sort of digested in your inbox, as well as tapping into a 24-7 platform with an awesome community, free research and resources, as well as great webinars, uh, I believe this week is going to be Mark Powers, Powers Hour, former SEC Enforcement Chief, giving us the rundown on the Bitcoin ETFs and what might be to come. But uh, check that out if you're interested. It's completely free. It's called Security Token Prime. SecurityTokenPrime.com. Sign up for free. But with that, of course, I hope everybody has an amazing week. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week on Monday. And with that, happy tokenizing. <laughs>